So you're saying to yourself, yo, sir, dude, I wanted to see Kevin Smith in Halifax, Nova Scotia, but the motherfucker sold out. Well, after I shed a tear for you, I highly recommend bookmarking csmod.com. That's the place on the worldwide interwebs to see all upcoming Smodco shows, updated with linky links to Tiki Tickets. Say it with me, baby. csmod.com. Nice. Ooh, I just got a little hard there. So, you're saying, yo, sir, dude, I love sir, and I want to show the world. Wear your sir love with our official t-shirts, biatch. Fishies have no eyes. Let us fuck. Jay and Silent Bob get old. The Garmy. There's also posters, action figures. There's so many to choose from. Grab your smirch at smodcast.com. Scroll down and click on Smerchandise. I am a green and olive queen. A marching man hunter. I'm a lover of weed. A wolverine, your ovary. I'll open your spleen. I love the BPRD. There's no creepy and geek. I got a pool drawer at the comic book store. I got a discount. When I want Alan Moore or the Merc with the mouth. That's what I'm all about. More green. That's one thing. I'm going to blaze and geek out. All right, folks, it's the time you've all been waiting for. Bagged and boarded action from the back tour. How you all like it, I know. What's going on? Matt Cohen here. I am sitting in a palatial fucking hotel room here in sunny Las Vegas staring at, let's see what we got out the window. A lot of rooftops and shit, weird antennas. Uh, like, oh, whoa, that's a large, lot of trees. Everybody look, I, did you notice that before? Compared, there's a lot of people in the room. Anyone want to chime in? I on noticed, that? I noticed all the trees actually that are on the top of the hotel over there, but I didn't notice all the trees right in front there's of us. There's the me. fucking forest right in front of us. Oh, there's uh, a waterfall over there. Yeah, crazy shit when, when you actually are awake during the daytime here in Las Vegas. Palatial is a stretch. I mean, uh, uh, let's say chateau like then chateau like i'll take it all right uh let's <laughs> jump right to it guys it's it's me we're hanging out uh i am joined by our good friend misty? misty dawn who you all know and love and our special guest for today special guest limited edition hungover max landis <laughs> hungover limited edition max landis who you fikes who you fikes see i already i'm losing you my fikes words. i'm losing my fucking words already you folks might know uh max's work um he recently Put out a little film called Death and Return of Superman, which isn't very little anymore. It fucking took over the internet. A million hits in a week. Yeah, uh, pretty cool. Every geek luminary in the world is in it. Most of, and most every other geek luminary who isn't in it is mad at me. So. Yeah, I mean, dude, we're, I'm, we're, we have beef now, but let's not get into it. Um, and as a screenwriter of Chronicle. Which, yeah, woo, Chronicle. Chronicle. Hey, what's in the cave? And we'll find out, hopefully. <laughs> I, and honestly, I fucking, I think I've talked about that on Midnight. That is so far is my favorite movie of the year and the favorite movie. I've seen it in a while in theaters, dude. Good. Don't let it be replaced. All right. We'll work on that. I will never see another movie again. Then. Perfect. You have to just pay me to not see movies and just work. wait Good. for the sequel. Just yeah, sit yeah. and wait for the sequel. Wait, I, I saw him right after he went to see it, and he was just bragging about it the whole time. He was bragging about having Came. seen a movie? Yeah. No, that's how great he thought it was. That I liked it. Dude, I, I rarely go to movie theaters and have like a positive experience. And yeah. I, I dug the trailer for Chronicle. I didn't I, yeah. see it opening day. Um, I still have. Sorry, I have you not, haven't seen it. I can I tell you? Can I tell you my real experience with Chronicle so far? Hit me because yeah, it's yeah. real. My experience with Chronicle is that I it, it was the number one movie in America for a week and a half, and the number one movie in the world for two weeks, and uh, all like it got all these good reviews, but no one I've met has seen it. Like I, everyone I talk to, I'm like I'm like. Hey, like, yeah, they're, they're like, oh, yeah, I I meant to see it. I was going to see it. Oh, yeah, I love the trailer. It's like, what the fuck is Everyone this? in Ohio and fucking Indiana or something. So is that? Like, yeah, 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 it was an entire state went to see it, and that made it number one. But, like, it's bizarre. And, like, and the reaction from people who have seen it is always like, yeah, it's great. And I go, yeah, I wrote it. And they're like, oh. It's not so great. <laughs> <laughs> it's tough to do that. See, no, I feel like everyone but me has seen it. I know, dude. I, I even saw it with, with uh, I got to uh, get into your crowd then. Yeah, they like you. It's a fucked up crowd, man. I don't know if you want to be there. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I actually saw it with uh, our friend Destiny, who used to be, uh, do stuff for Bagged and Boarded. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Destiny did stuff yeah. for She did. She used to go to nightclubs and interview uh, drunk celebrities for me. Really? She got David Arquette. She got the kid. Uh, really? One of the guys from Backstreet Boys. Ooh, which one? Joey Fatone. Oh. All drunk? 
All drunk. Awesome. Is that the show? Like, no, no. Ambush drunk celebrities? No. And- she would send me, I would rock like two minute, uh, Destiny would be like our, uh, woman on the street, as it were, and we would just go to remotes of her at a nightclub fucking talking to celebrities, asking them arbitrary questions about like Muppets and shit. That sounds, I would feed, that sounds hypnotic. And- it was awesome. I would feed her text, so she, she texted me, she's like, Joey Fatone, I'm like, all in, all back, what is, which one is he in? In Sync or Backstreet? He was in Sync. I was like, all Backstreet Boys. All Backstreet Boys questions. When you were in Backstreet Boys, when you were in 98 to she was smarter than that. When she was like, who's your what? favorite Backstreet Boy and why? If you could be any Backstreet Boy, which one would it be? <laughs> That's amazing. Awesome. So we went to go see Chronicle. And um, and I know uh, Misty was in, in Death Return of Superman again. Like, yeah, she was. I yeah. think 10 people who've been on this podcast have been, are in that. It's a, it's a, uh, the, the, it runs the gamut of people. There are, there are more, if, if, if anyone who watches it recognized everyone in it, I would be shocked. I would give them something. Let's name drop a little free. bit. Other than, uh, of course, Misty Dawn over here. You got <laughs> Elijah Wood. Yeah, it's all, Simon it's, all, it's all either friends of mine or people I'm working with. Chris Ron, Hardwick. Chris Hardwick, I mean, Ron Howard, Zach Kreger from The Whitest Kids You Know. Of course, the brilliantly talented Mandy Moore, who's just a genius. Jimmy Simpson, who's a fucking awesome actor. He's on Breakout Kings. He's also one of those creepy brothers in uh, It's Always Sunny. Oh, he's um, one of the, yeah, yeah, he's one of the, yeah, best. no, Eldon Henson, the, from the Bash Brothers, from Mighty Ducks, uh, it, it, the list just goes on. Morgan Krantz is getting more and more work, the guy who played Superman, uh, Almy Rose is a huge love advice blogger. Matt Bennett, who played Superboy, is actually, uh, one of the leads on the super pos, blah, super popular kids show, Victorious. It's like the number one oh, yeah, show. Oh, yeah, yeah. They shoot that on Nickelodeon. Yeah, and, and oh, really? yeah, oh, yeah, and also, also, he was the star of the film The Virginity Hit. And then beyond that, like, the girls who, Eradicator kills are another one of the stars of Victorious, and then one of the stars of iCarly. It just—I mean, it, I could just keep it going. Runs the spectrum. Well, oh, it's here's bizarre. well, a lot of people, some people who might not know your work, or uh, oh, Ashley Henshaw from Chronicle, the beautiful blonde girl, is in oh, it. Awesome, yeah, yeah. yeah. Some people might know, your, might not know your work, are thinking, uh, how the fuck does this dude know all these people, and where did, how did he get to a place where he just made a fucking short film that's viral and has every geek celebrity in it? And wrote the number one movie in the world. Let's jump in the Wayback Machine, sir. You're from You're from California, right? I'm from California originally. Yes. You're born and raised in in here, California. So I shouldn't say originally. I I was born and raised. I just said here, and we're in Vegas. What the fuck was that? Uh oh, someone's being fucking unprofessional. Yeah, no, no. Probably have them taken out and shot. But no, I uh, I grew up in California, and I was just a very very learning disabled kid. Who uh, caused a lot of problems? You were saying earlier. When did you learn to read? Uh, I, I learned to read extremely late, eight or nine. What, uh, was it a bummer when you were like seven? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was an extreme bummer. It, it's weird to be like a fourth grader and to still sort of be piecing together how to read, especially when you want to be a writer. Like I wanted to be a writer from a very young age, but I didn't know how to read or write. So that was make it difficult. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, it, it sort of it gave me a lot to think about. But at least you knew the, the seed was there. You just had to figure out how to. Plug yeah, I the used, reading and the writing part. I used to tell really outrageous lies was sort of my my thing, but the lies wouldn't have to do with me. They'd never involve things that happened to me. They would always be like, I went to school today, yeah, and in school we learned about this thing that happened in history. Well, what is it? And I'd make up a very interesting thing that would happen in history. Like, you, like, what's an example of something that happened in history? Like a made up thing that happened. Yeah, in history? give us give us an old school Max Landis like bomb. Old school me pulling it out of my ass. Totally. Well, you guys don't know this, but during World War One in Sweden, Sweden was mostly neutral, but there was this thing called the Svoster. And the Svoster was, this is bizarre, so get ready for this. Everyone bear with them. It, yeah, was, yeah. it was a place where sh- soldiers could go to rest in between the giant uh, trench warfare battles. And they would all end up there, and basically Germans and Americans and, Brit- and British people would all be in the same place. But you'd have to take, because it was neutral, you'd have to take away your guns. Uh, and they'd have to leave their guns in encampments. So it was just like this fucking party that went on constantly and everyone was just wasted in this little place in Sweden and you'd party with your enemy and then you'd leave and it would be like, okay, I'll see you in the battle. So this is a real thing or fake? No, this thing? I just made up. That's fucking amazing. Yeah, no, no, I, it's, I'm very, I buy good, it. It I buy it. I, I'm very good at making up things that sound like they could be real, which is, which has become a problem as I've gotten older because I now, as time's gone on, I've picked up a tremendous amount of esoteric and arcane 
historical knowledge of real things. And you forget, because you sometimes blend the two and forget which No, of course not. <laughs> I'm always hyper aware of when I'm telling a story. What I like about that one is it's almost like the uh, Christmas truce. Was that World War One where the Germans and the British... Uh, yeah, is that real? Yeah, that's totally real. Like on Christmas Day... Uh, they, yeah, no, no, and they gave each other... They held gave, up white flags. Yeah, they held up white flags and gave each other cocoa and Turkey shit. and yeah, shit no, like I, that. I, I, Good I times. Good times. A little history lesson, a little bit of fucking uh, Las Vegas talk. A fake history, a little bit of real history. So anything's possible on Bagged and Boarded. Thank you, sir. (laughs) You knew from an early age you wanted to be a uh, writer in general or a screenwriter or... Storyteller. Storyteller. Uh, I I didn't really know what that meant, but I didn't know how screenwriting worked. I didn't really know how movies worked. I thought I was going to write comics um, because that seemed easier to break in and and more attainable and of course it isn't but uh it just just pays much less and much less much less exposure that that's all comics really offer you and it's it's interesting because like i sort of i danced around the idea of being a writer because i didn't want to have to do any of the work but then eventually i found myself in a situation where all of my stimulus was taken away i was i was in a very stringent boarding school is the nice way of describing it that I that I was sort of sent to after being a problem child. Hogwarts for misfit children. I was uh Hogwarts plus Arkham. Okay. Sort of the same actually that's kinda of fun. Those things You're combined. a fucked up person. Well, <laughs> yeah, no well the, we it even it had the four it had the four houses nice. of different types of children and they ultimately were Ravenclaw Gryffindor, Slithering and Hufflepuff. I and mean ultimately it was. It turned well who what, which one were you in? Were you in the evil house? I was the only person in the program's history to have been in all four houses. As far as I know, when I left. I was sorting hat, didn't know what to fucking do with you. Well, I, I, I ended up in Slytherin. Okay. But it took me going through, <laughs> in order, Ravenclaw, Gryffindor, and Hufflepuff. But so you knew from such an early age you wanted to be a storyteller. Do you think, um, your father's a filmmaker, right? Yes, he is. Uh, John Landis. Do you, growing up. Your father's a filmmaker, right? I mean, yeah, I don't I know like how to that. fucking pull No, I appreciate, I appreciate that. You'd actually be amazed how many people don't know who John Landis is. That's, and I would be amazed. That's insane, dude. I, yeah. I wouldn't. I mean, my whole life, my father, my, the boom of my father's career was well before I was a human. I mean, by the time I was five, it was 1990, and my father's most productive years were from 1979 to 1989, and the, that's when he did all the big hits and all the movies people know. I didn't really grow up around that era. I grew up in Beverly Hills Cop Three, The Stupids, and Blues Brothers <laughs> 2000. You know, I Beverly Hills Cop Three is my favorite of the trilogy. It's really, Wonder World, Wonder World, Wonder World. Yeah. I could do the Oki Shuffle. It's yeah, yeah dude, shit. I love that fucking movie. I'm not joking. You it's know, like, I'm in that movie. I'm on the I'm on the uh, the merry-go-round, and you see my face, and I can't not look at the camera. It's awesome. It's it's point eight milliseconds of a kid going like this. I'm gonna watch it as soon as we finish <laughs> this. Um. But you did you have an awareness of of the fact that as a young kid of the, what your dad did for a living and that it was that he made movies and that was a attainable career kind of because I never it never felt attainable because my father when I was young first of all keep in mind that I I, I touched on this a little I was a very badly behaved kid um, I I wasn't I wasn't really allowed on set much because uh, I. Was, you looked at the camera the whole time. Well, yeah. no, because I'd like just scream and cause trouble and act crazy. And like when I was on set, I spent like most of my time in the props truck playing with the guns. And like, mm-hmm. and I didn't really have an appreciation for what I was doing. And my sort of continued absolute misbehavior and constantly being grounded led to this very interesting thing where I think when people, I think people have a conception of what my life was that's radically wrong. Because I think they think I'm, you know, riding around in limos and private jets and, you know, having this like glamorous Hollywood childhood. And in reality, no, I had, you know, a black and white Apple computer. Do you that... not have a fucking G4 lined up for No, no I don't. Oh, I don't. It, it's kind of a it, bummer. It, it was, was on I wanted to go to Mexico for you thought a that minute. Plane, the plane out there was mine? Totally. No, that's sorry. That's I have business uh, in Tijuana. It'll take real quick. Like, we'll be back in like 15 minutes. So. But 15 it was, minutes. it was funny. It, it's just, it's funny to think about because like I was basically, grounded all the time and just in my room i didn't have many friends do you have any siblings i have an older sister who's very well behaved and uh is a is a jewish preschool teacher nice yeah she uh she's awesome i went to a jewish preschool i think all jewish yeah i did i went to i went to a learning disabled preschool (laughs) for kids who throw chairs i mean i got kicked out of my jewish there you go i got kicked out you're a hard man matt i got kicked out of hebrew school for fucking with the torah once fucking with the torah i picked it up i didn't oh okay i thought no, I it, it is rolled. I thought maybe. You know what? And that's actually kind of fucking kinky too. Yeah, yeah. Ultimate fucking reparations, yo. Um, <laughs> I always so, feel like the odd one out is the Mormon. 
the odd one out as a Mormon. You're yeah. the fucking weirdest people. Dude, I don't even know the weird sexual shit you guys are into. You have like underwear. You, what's it? Tell Multiples. us about the temple garments. The temple garments? Do you know about this? Yeah, of course yeah. I know about the garments. I know My all about Mormonism. Them. Yeah, because she would go to uh, the temple in St. Louis and do genealogy for- <laughs> and not drink caffeine. <laughs> Fuck you guys. For, for, for people who don't know, in the Mormon faith, uh, yeah. Which, of course, was founded by the golden angel Moroni and a couple of tablets. I'm just fucking with you. I love everyone. This is um, all, this is, it is that poor, wasn't fucking. That was just that true. Was true. It, I know. No, yeah, it's true. It's, I know. It's, it's just poor sounds, man's Scientology. It I'm is, not, yeah. It's it not is. poor man's Scientology. It is It is the Star Wars to Scientology's meets, Star Trek. It's Braveheart. Because that whole can, we do, can we just slow down? Yeah. I just made the best analogy ever made by Go anyone. for it. No, I just did it. I, oh, it's done. It was the Star Mormonism, Wars to Star Trek. Mormonism is the Star Wars to Scientology Star Trek. Well, my favorite thing is that that, that no one talks about is that Jesus and Satan are alien brothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. And that when you yeah, die and go to heaven, you get your own planet. I love yeah, it. And, and, that, and you and you still get to have multiple wives in your afterlife. Yeah. And that Jesus at one point was in Israel or, or whatever we're calling it back then, and it was just I, like I was excommunicated. You know what? Ago, were you actually excommunicated? I was officially excommunicated from the for porn. Church. Yes. They, but they were like, you- I got a letter in the mail. You had a letter? I had a court date that I could show up to. I didn't because I gave two shits because I'm agnostic. And I was in California doing porn, so I didn't come to my court date. And then I got another one that said, um, they'll the pray church. for me. I'm, I'm welcome to church, but I can't take sacrament. And they pray that I will surround myself with better people. Well, that's you nice of them, You should have gone to the court date and shot a porn right before it and right after it. Well, my question and, was... And call it your, your Mormon ex, porn. excommunicated. Yeah. There is Mormon there porn, go. actually. Excommunicated. Is, uh, I, I'm I like a genius. That would be great. Bring, this uh, is why they pay me the big bucks. Bring them young production. Yeah. We like that one. Young. Oh, yep. We got but it. The We're getting punny There now. are puns. We're getting punny. I feel bad because Brad, my friend Brad Gage is here. Brad he doesn't Gage have a microphone. House. He's literally the the most adept with puns of anyone. Are you I've fucking ever biting met. at the chomp, dude? Triple X. Hit us with a random pun, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking triple X communicated. Yeah, yeah. we like it. We like it. Yeah, yeah. We like it. Um, growing up, uh, wait, wait, we were on you for a second with the Mormon thing. Ah. Uh. So yeah. you got me all distracted. Spotlight. Tem- temple garments. Ah! Let's do it, though, because uh, we haven't got to They're just it. white uh, things you wear under your clothes when you go into the temple. And it's really not that exciting. The theory is that your genitals shouldn't be close to the air because the air is sacred or something. I don't even what? know. What? Yeah, I like don't there's even. There's an extra <laughs> layer of protection. I paid about, okay, I got baptized. Your Mormon. cock is poisoning the air. Yeah, no, totally. I this got baptized Mormon Jesus just because I asked my grandma to get in the big pool. I had no idea what any of it meant. The missionaries came p- over. Well, like the, a, okay. Well, when you're little, a hot tub is a pool, you know? I, I thought like, you were talking like Ed Wood style with fucking swimming pool in someone's backyard and shit. No, no. That would have been great. I it wish was, I had a, uh, a weirder religion. I feel like Jewish kid from New York, it's kind of, Judaism is extremely TV. fucking weird if you pay attention. All of the religions are, oh, yeah. I mean, like, once you lay them out A to B to C to D to E, it becomes like this ridiculous Lord of the Rings Dungeons and Dragons well, it's, thing. It's that indoctrination shit. So, but in a similar way, that the boarding school experience, as well, n- not a religion, but must have been a, a kind of focal change in your life, right? Oh, no, 100%. Uh, I had no, I, I knew I wanted to be a storyteller, but it, 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 it gave me, you know, we didn't exactly, we weren't exactly in classes. So I had a tremendous amount of time to just sit and write. And I wrote my first, I think, 10 scripts while I was in the boarding school. And how old? And like, as a teenager? I started when I was 15. I started writing when I was 15. But those scripts, you have to keep in mind, I didn't know how scripts worked. So those scripts were anywhere from 200 to 700 pages. Nice. Long. Was, I would love to see a 700 page. Movie. I wrote, I wrote a version of Super Mario. That was 430 pages long. <laughs> wow. The world needs a six and a half hour Super Mario movie. It was two, it lie. was two or three movies. And then, and then actually it's funny. The first time I really became a, hold, what? I'm gonna try to hold the mic a little bit closer, oh, closer to yeah, my mic. Yeah. Can none of you hear me? No, we got it. But just... the, the first time I was aware of being a good writer, um, or feeling good about my writing was actually on fanfiction.net. Nice. I started writing a story called The Shocker Legit, which was about a Spider-Man villain called The Shocker. And it started just as like a sort of an exploration of the supervillain psyche, but it became one of the more read stories on that site for a minute. I had many, many subscribers and there would be comments every week with people talking about it. And so I'd update new chapters constantly and it ended up being a 438 page like novel. Wow. Uh, and it's still one of the better things I've written. It's very sweet. And how old were you when you wrote it? Uh, it was from when I was 17 into when I was 19. So was that your first taste of literary success, as it were? Uh, you put something out there, people dig it, you know that you got well, it Well, you know, define literary success. I mean, I was posting terrible pornographic StarCraft fanfic to message boards before <laughs> Were you doing sla- like, uh, sla- no slash, no slash, <laughs> proto if you ever want stuff? to know what a protos vagina looks <laughs> like, I, I gave it some thought. 
He kind it, of imagined purple, probably purple? Glo- glowing stuff. I'd imagine some some sort of glowing zerg vagina. Construct That's more pylons. No, yeah. <laughs> well, construct a pylon. ATC, good to go, sir. <laughs> um, so at seventeen, you 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 got posting the stuff on the internet. People are responding. People are well at seventeen. At seventeen, yeah, it's people are still making fun of me. But then the shocker sort of gets me noticed on fan fiction. But when you say gets me noticed, it's a fan fiction site. You know, it doesn't mean anything. What it did. What it did was for me was very personal, which it gave me confidence to try to really go for it. And uh, my dad then, this was my foot in the door, is that I wrote a script called Hometown Hero when I was 18, 19. And Hometown Hero is a really good script. I'm just going to say it. And my dad didn't want to read it at first, but I wanted to know if it was good or not. So I showed it to my dad's agent, um, who was like, yeah, this is actually kind of good. You know, it's not a makeable movie, but it's a writing sample. And I was like, really? So my dad, in the meantime, had liked my, ended up reading it and liked it enough because it was a father son story to show it to Adam Goldworm, who is the producer of this, uh, series, uh, f- I forgot what it's called. Masters of Horror. Masters of Horror, right? I'm yeah, sure. yeah, and, yeah. And, and I got to write, he, he, I had to go in and pitch like anyone else, uh, but I got to write an episode of Masters of Horror, which my dad then changed the ending of and took a co-writing <laughs> nice. credit, which kills me to this day because it looks like he wrote it, which is actually okay. If you've seen it, Dear Woman, I don't mind him having written it. It's a deeply fucking silly thing. But then – Was that your first paid writing gig? It was my first paid writing gig. But what's interesting about it is is how much ultimately it didn't affect my career, is that that's my – the real foot in the door – wasn't getting this gig when I was a kid, basically from my dad, basically just nepotism. The real foot in the door was the fact that when I show, I, is that it basically, it could have been anyone. Like it could have, I could have just known my dad and, or known a person at, U, at UTA or uh, where, where was my dad? Gersh at that point and gotten this script to them. The important thing was that David Koppel saw Hometown Hero and Hometown Hero ended up going out to managers because I wasn't ready to have an agent. Um, and I met Circle of Confusion, who are responsible in a lot of ways for my career. I mean, like in a very real way, uh, this management company. And I went, I'm just going to keep writing and I'm just going to keep showing you everything I write. And so I wrote something like 20, 25 scripts wow, over, the cor- over the course of about five years. What's your average, uh, length from conception to finishing your final draft on a script? How long does it take? By final draft, I mean like final draft. You talking about the studio notes? I mean draft that you're happy to send out. Two months. Two months from idea to. Yeah, usually around two months. Although it's slower now that I'm in all my rewrites and stuff. Like I'm writing my new thing right now, and I'm writing my new fun thing. I have, I have like what what people know about me. Everyone's talking about Chronicles. I have nine projects. Like if 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 everything goes according to plan, which of course it never does, I'll have like, I'll have nine movies come out by. 2015 which that's is insane pretty fucking awesome but, dude. but i don't think i don't think that's going to happen because can you talk about any of the other ones in yeah of course amnesty with ron howard is, is is he's directing it it's an idea i had uh without any spoilers basically the the notion is dungeons and dragons now imagine if in the harry potter world harry potter wizards and shit weren't a secret and they just always been part of, part of history it's wizards with cell phones. It, awesome. It's it's elves in bulls jerseys and, you know, getting drunk in Vegas. And except for <laughs> it's this world where, you know, you're in Times Square and you see a massive Victoria's Secret poster of, you know, a dwarf woman and a human, you know, and in in the new non-human line. And you see a centaur in Bally's Total Fitness. It's that world, <laughs> except it's a political thriller, a la Tom Clancy, That's a la awesome, Jason dude. Bourne set in this world. And the political thriller plot could be a, its own movie. It could be a normal political thriller, except now there's a scene where a dragon fights a tank. <laughs> so it's just it's it's just good. And that's literally all I need because what was that movie fucking called uh, with Christian Bale? And, oh, a Rain of Fire. I, mean, I was more excited for that movie than any movie in my <laughs> life, dude. I was like, it's dragons and fucking helicopters. That like, is one of my favorite. That movie's very silly, but really bad. When <laughs> one of the best moments ever. Is it McConaughey jumping into the dragon's mouth? No, that's, that's really silly. amazing. Okay, it's so silly. No, it like legitimately brilliant writing is. It's after the fall. It's after the apocalypse. We're in this like peaceful little community, and like it's not Russell Crowe. Who is it? Who's the other one? It's Christian Bale, Bale and, and McConaughey. No, no, 
the the other guy who's in is a big Gerard Butler. Okay, so Christian oh, yeah. Butler Gerard, and Ray of Fire. Wow. No, no, it's Christian Bale and Gerard Butler are acting out, you know, like an old bard style for these children, and they one of them has a blue stick and one of them has a red stick, and they're sword fighting, and then just, yeah. the red stick hits the blue stick and he falls down, and he goes, "There is a secret I must reveal to you," and the guy with the blue stick goes, "No, no, leave me alone." The guy with the red stick goes. Did Obi-Wan tell you what happened to your father? <laughs> he told me you killed him. No, I am your father. And all the children go, oh, just because it's true. It's, it's our, it's our modern mythology being transported into a post-apocalyptic world. And I just thought that was real brilliant writing. What, uh, any other, um, what, so you said you have nine projects. We got Amnesty. <sighs> I, I don't want to list them all. Uh, Good Time Gang with Jonah Hill and, uh, maybe Marky Mark uh, is at MGM. It's a comedy about basically the Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie of the world of professional professional mercenaries. Nice. <laughs> um, then Pied Piper is just fucking awesome, and that I've, I've heard I, about. I've heard about your I'm script ju- on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. all I'm going to say about it. And that that's a imagine if a '90s Disney movie, like a '90s Disney musical, was live action and went fucking hard as a motherfucker that and had sounds, monsters and that's shit. That's what I wanted. Like, life, yeah. Dude. And then, and then <laughs> Frankenstein is the best script I've written. We'll see where it is a year from now. I have a high hopes for it. It's moving around. Um, I, uh, that, I, then that hasn't been announced yet. And then my untitled Disney project, who knows what that is. It's, uh, it's the Tiki room. Don't fuck it's with the people, Tiki room. My untitled space Disney project. It's Astro Blasters. Uh, it's no. Astro Blasters. <laughs> it's, it's Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters. Yeah, so I'm, you're yeah. going to get to play the game in the movie. It's going to yeah. be fucking amazing. Yeah, no, it's going to be genius. It's next gen. And then I always forget. I get, I'm at a point where I'm producing this thing now, Woogle with Timur, with Timur Bekovic, like the director of Nightwatch. Timur Burke and Bekov. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. No, uh, I, I, I had an idea and I found these writers and I was like, here's the whole idea for the movie. And they were like, here's a script. And, so now I'm a, pr- we just sold that. We're producing it. That's super cool. That oh, hasn't shit, been announced no. yet. Maybe I shouldn't be talking about it. Um, we'll I cut have that part out. I don't think, I don't think they get this podcast in Russia. So we're good. Okay. Good. <laughs> I have a, I, I, I'm more worried about whether they get it on deep sunset, but no, I, uh, oh, God, you're a busy man, dude. I'm a very busy man. And of course, Chronicle too, which I, I think the world which is fucking no, excited no one for can now. say anything about. You know, we'll try to get out of you, but let's jump to the directing thing. How, um, you're, I mean, you're obviously, uh, I don't, see, so you don't like the word geek though. I was about to call you I don't like the word geek, geek and I don't like the word nerd. We don't like labels. Oh, excuse me. I don't like these labels. labels. This is my thing. And I'm, I've been on a, I've been on a tear about it recently, which is that for me, my entire life being called a nerd was a bad thing. Uh, like when I see a girl who's wearing a shirt that says, I love nerds. I feel to me it's similar to a girl wearing a shirt that says "I love douchebags." It's like being called a nerd is never, <laughs> and you see those then. all the time, right? The, the, the I, I, I have one. The I love douchebag no. line, yeah, yeah. Oh it's, no, no, I have one that has a cat that says "I love nerds." Yeah, oh, really? see, but like for me, like my whole life, liking comics and liking science fiction, liking video games was always just cool to me. I never felt bad about it. I never felt nerdy. I never felt ostracized for it. I was never picked on for liking these things. I've been picked on. Because I'm extremely awkward and weird and strange. That's nerdy, but that's stuff I don't like about myself. That's not stuff I'd identify. I want people to think of me as cool. So it bothers me that there's this, there's become this take back nerdy movement. Talk nerdy to me and all this stuff because it's like when I meet someone who's a nerd, I don't want to talk to them. I, you know that guy. It's the guy who you meet at Comic Con. You meet a bunch of cool people and then there are a couple people you're like, I don't want to talk. Smell funny. You're sort of creepy, like you smell funny. Like those are the nerds to me. I'm not a you guys. So are you nerds. say I appreciate that, dude. I'm a geek. I, but uh, <laughs> again, it's a geek. That, that's a guy. That's I know carnival carny slang for a man b- who bites b- the that's chickens. Off chickens. Yeah, that's not kind of that, like that. Though. That guy wasn't. You didn't invite him to parties. But he knew so much about fucking Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what would you say? You're a genre fan, then? Like, how would you? You know what I mean? I would just say I'm a person. I, I like. Most of your stuff seems to be in this similar pool of our kind of collective Yeah, but I, I, I just wish there was another name for it other than nerd culture. Let's uh, invent one, dude. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not the one who's going to invent Misty, one. Misty, give us a name. Oh, I don't know. I'm not that quick. All right. Uh, we'll come back to you later. We'll, we'll check people. in. Okay, sit and cat think people. about it. Cat people. I think the that cat might people. work. Yeah, cat people. I am one of the cat people. Sounds have you ever cool. seen Have you ever seen the movie Cat People? With Natasha Kinski. Yeah, it's fucking insane. So. Well, have you seen the original? Yeah. Uh, there were two, uh, which one was the original? It's like the sixties. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. It's fucking bizarre. I want to Is it awesome? about Cat People. 
The you new one's super bizarre too. They're both kind of fucking weird. That was the Bowie song, uh, "Putting Out Fire," right? That used in uh, "Glorious Bastards." Yeah, Cat People. The fucking it's been so long. When she burns down the fucking theater in "Inglorious," that's the main song from uh, Cat People. See, you say cats and Bowie, and I'm sold. I see. I actually fell asleep during "Inglorious Bastards." Did you? Yeah. In the theater, like like as you as you were watching a theater, you fell asleep in the theater. I saw um, that at the drive-in. Did you like it? I don't know. I didn't see the movie. Okay. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Hinting at something here. It was a drive-in. Lady parts. I went to a drive-in. I went with fucking my buddy Brendo. We fucking ate McDonald's and watched Clockwork Orange. It wasn't as fun. Uh, yeah. It was on a rooftop, though. Have you guys done Devil's Night Drive-In in L.A.? Have no, but that? I've heard great things. It's really cool. I, I went a couple times. They basically um, project a movie onto an apartment building wall, and you park That's on cool. the top of a parking garage. Okay. Yeah, I've heard really good things. It's dope. Um, that sounds like a really fun place to have sex. See a movie. See exactly. Uh, I'm more. I appreciate cinema, Misty. I really liked. I really liked the. I just imagined. I really liked the part of Inglorious Bastards where I had the orgasm. (laughs) That was my favorite part. I mean, I had that too, but there was no. No, there was sex involved. It was um, that cool of a movie. You, you grew up. You grew up reading comics, obviously, right? Yes, I did. What uh, were you a Marvel kid? Were you a DC kid? Both. I I I really X Men. X Men the cartoon brought me in to X Men the comic, and I came in. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Every day, I, there's amazing. I do that before school. Do you, did you have that too? Like yeah, aired no, no. at like seven o'clock on Fox. Yeah. Also, Brad. Brad can tell you. I I always. Do an acapella. I try to get an acapella cover of the X Men theme going. Is this not true? At every time, anyone's drinking. Uh no, it's about every every single party. But the the, the fun thing is, everyone wants to do it. Yeah, no, we always get into it. People love that and Sanford and Son. I've realized. Do you ever start fucking singing Sanford and Son no, theme song? Than or, me, I think. I, I'm a year older than you do. Oh, what is Sanford? I don't know what Sanford and Son is. It, it was a uh, uh, sitcom starring Red Fox. It was an urban sitcom in the early '80s with Red Fox. With Red, no, uh, like Chico and the Man, or like no, uh, Red, yeah, Red Fox. It was about a dude who owned a junkyard, Sanford and Son, and his and his kind of like dumb son, and their uh, homeless friend Grady. It was an urban show, folks. It was like good times or what's happening. <laughs> I'm 27 years old. I just don't have a lot of friends, so I've watched a lot of TV. Um, <laughs> so from the comic books, uh, you said you wanted to write comics to be to, to Yeah, start. I did. I did because I thought it would be easy, and it turns out it's not. It turns out it's a tremendously more complicated format than uh, than screenwriting and also also a much more structured format because scripts one of the funniest things much more not paying format as well also yeah it's it's more work for less reward and less notoriety and if there's one thing i love it's notoriety i enjoy my work being exposed to a lot of people that's why i do it i don't do it for me i like writing but what i really like is people reading my writing i don't give a fuck i could i'm not one of those writers it's always sad because i meet people i write a lot and I meet people who write a lot, but they write for themselves and like, you know, they enjoy it. No, it, someone's going to read. I'm going to force Brad to read everything I write. No, no one's going to not. I'm no, I don't have anything just from, but I think I that's, a, I think that's the, I don't know if it's the right attitude to have, but it's definitely a positive. I, dude, I, I told, I think I said this on, on this podcast. The most defining moment of my life was when I was in like, uh, sixth grade. I made an ass of myself during an assembly once. I asked like an, a, hor- a horrific question, like a, during a mother's against drunk driving thing without realizing it. Uh-huh. Cause I was that kid, wasn't malicious, but fucking was just an idiot. A couple hours later, I heard some kids in the hallway. You're going, not going to say what the question was? Um, yeah, no, it was, uh, did I think I told you something? I okay. It. Um, there was a drunk driving assembly and these kids were like acting out vignettes as it were. And they told us before. Now, some of these stories are true. They happen to the people acting them out and some aren't to protect their kind of identity and their and their um psyche as it were and this one girl comes out and tells a story about coming home from school and finding her on a phone call and her mother had died in a drunk driving accident and she's fucking weeping and i was fascinated because they had told me some of them might be fake so i was trying to figure out if that chick was real or not so, so they, like hey they got hey. question time and i was like you your mom really die or not and she burst into tears and ran off the stage oh. Two hours later, I'm walking down the hallway and a couple kids I don't know here. Hey, did you hear what that Matt Cohen kid said during the fucking assembly? I got a boner instantly. And that was the moment I realized <laughs> my goal in life is to hear other people say my name without me realizing Aren't you it. Or to make girls cry. Totally. <laughs> and, and if I could combine the two, yeah, holy shit. Get a shit. boner and use it to make girls cry. Yeah. Oh, it's been my goal in life ever since, man. Um, <laughs> so from from the, uh, the transition from comic book to screenwriting and selling scripts, how did uh, Death and Return of Superman come out? Because that seems well, to be... Well, in college... Your um, entire wheelhouse. Coming in into college, one. I... Uh, out of... At, while actually drunk... 
not not while planning it, but while actually drunk with some of my friends in my apartment, I started talking about the character Robin and the history of Robin. And I've seen in the video It's Drunk Comic Book History of the Robins. And uh for people who've seen Superman, they should probably go into the Wayback Machine and see this. Uh I made Matt watch it the other day. It's, it's awesome. Have you have you seen the other one? The uh the like the night nightfall and No, I watched all the video yeah, yeah. And, I, and I, Watchmen? I researched up on you Because I because the thing is is I really honestly think Nightfall's the best one. Really? Like like of of all four, including Superman, I think Nightfall is the most it just moves from the I mean they're all it. it's it's it, it doesn't it, have Elijah Wood in it. Or but, Misty uh, Dawn, so. Or Misty Dawn. Really no, but it's just fight. a great concept. Like the Robin one is just you fucking, like, yeah. It's just- drunk. It's, well, we, we had then, we then had the idea of me ranting in this corner. We were like, oh, we should just do a drunk history of this. Except for the thing that's funny about drunk history is that they're these very well told, very well recreated, high budget things. And we were just college kids and I was a writer, but like I, I hadn't really sold anything. I'd optioned a thing or two. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to get my friends together and we're going to spend exactly $25. We're going to go to Goodwill and we're going to make these costumes and we're going to do the low-cal, piece-of-shit, lo-fi DIY reenactment of this. So it's not really, other than the narrative structure of me being drunk in the first one, none of them have any... Like, I'm not drunk in Death and Return of Superman. I'm drinking to, to ease the pain of talking about the storyline. But there's also a, there's some talent involved in that, and I'm sure some scheduling and a budget. You know, I don't know if you want to be fucking wasted oh, on set every super, day. Super, yeah. Well, no, no, of course. But you know, those the original rants we just record. It just they're it's not just you drunk. Yeah. They're they're just not even me drunk. They're just me talking. Like in in cooking with comics, Nightfall. I'm making a caprice salad, <laughs> and I explain Nightfall in uh, vague recollections of Watchmen. I didn't sleep the night before. And my girlfriend at the time, Stacy, was like, what if you did it where, like, I wake you up in the middle of the night and you have to tell Watchmen as quickly as possible? And I was like, because I had explained Watchmen to her the day prior. We hadn't, we weren't really planning on doing another one. We'd already done Nightfall. And I was like, that's really funny. Okay. So in the video, it's me naked being, <laughs> being woken up and completely misremembering large portions of Watchmen. And it's kind of, it's kind of really, the second part of that has like 30,000 less views than the first part, which is tragic because the second part is so much <laughs> better than the first part. And I don't know. And, and so, no, but so I so get to from LA. That series. Yeah, yeah. I get to LA. I sell all these scripts, Forbes 30 under 30, cool. Uh, you know, just, uh, Chronicles number one, all this stuff's happening. But like, all I thought the whole time was, wouldn't it be funny if I made like another one of those, except for now I have access to all these actors and you know, I have access to this production mechanism and this guy, Brian Basham, uh, who's a, uh, advertising producer in LA was like, I will schedule everything for you. I will do all of the producerial work. If you make another one of these, I think it'd be funny. And I was like, you know, I think you're right. I think it would be funny. So I sat down, I got my red label and I, told it and we just made it and it was it was kind of it was kind of a dream it was very fun you know it, the my original rant death and return of superman i do funeral for a friend i do i do i do the whole death and return of superman storyline still not entirely accurately but i really get into it i do the whole thing where like superman comes back with no powers and is walking around with a gun for like six issues my favorite is the the heaven walk with his dad oh my when paul kent has a heart attack yeah. and superman go, and goes Super- to heaven and meets superman he fights mm-hmm. angels and knights amazing I, there's no. I did like Steel though, not gonna lie, as a, a, a dumb young kid for some reason. Steel fucking sucks. I was into rap music and I was like, I can identify <laughs> yeah, but with Steel that. Steel isn't into rap music. I know. Steel is like. John Henry Irons, yo, he was like a fucking. He's a fucking white, fucking blue collar, like. He's like a steel, a mill worker. He's a mill worker with a big. Uh, I can't, I can't even. It, it's with so. A hammer. He was better John than fucking punk Henry Superboy. Irons. Yeah, but Superman, Cal, Cal, what's it, what it was, Cal, Cal on, or whatever the fuck his name ended up being, ended up being a lot of fun once he put on the black t-shirt. And took off, and fucking, yeah, yeah. And fixed his fucking fixed hair. Fixed his fucking hair. And his fucking earrings. Rough, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, do you, do you remember reading Doomsday and this whole thing, like, as it happened? It didn't, it wasn't as it happened. I was like, seven when it happened. I, I read it in the institution, uh, in a, <laughs> in a massive volume. That had just been released. I remember like, that. That had the entire fucking from the beginning to the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I read it all as one volume. And, you know, when you're sitting in this institution, you have nothing else to do. You know, you're surrounded by people who are very strange. And, you know, I was very strange at the time, too. But I really absorbed Death and Return. 
And it's funny because people want me to do Clone Saga now, but Clone Saga is fucking terrible and doesn't yeah, make sense. Not that like, fun. Like there's no A to B to C in Clone Saga. So if I do it, it, it it'll be jumping the shark for me. I might I might have to do it because it's the I was thinking about doing Star Wars because I want to call I want to call C three PO and R two D two a gay guy in a trash can. Okay, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, that's definitely and, worth throwing some money in a budget and, and shit. like and like really do Star Wars, but make it visually unfucking recognizable as Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. Like if you were watching it with the sound off, you wouldn't know what the fuck you were seeing because like none of the costumes match up, and like Han Solo is not wearing a shirt, like just like <laughs> yeah. fucking just shit like that. So so despite any Job of the Hut is like a really cute chick. Well, he is anyway, and some for some people, I like I like salacious crumb personally, but uh, salacious crumb, yeah, man, that's yeah. the man, that's the guy right there. Uh, so, despite all the fucking various film projects and development deals, you're gonna keep doing stuff, fun stuff like this. You think? Maybe. I mean, like it's funny because I have a bunch of subscribers on my YouTube right now, but my YouTube is literally just me fucking around with my friends. It's not short films. It's not anything good. It's just videos of me and my friends hey, dicking that, around. That's the most viewable thing. Uh, on YouTube, people—that's what people love the people most. People love yeah, nothing. Yeah, it is, but it is—it is if you're a celebrity. I'm not a celebrity. I'm just a guy. And like, and you, no. and you're like a hot chick. So like, yeah, you forget the hot chick around. thing. There are there. <laughs> I know a lot of hot chicks, and they're in a lot of my videos. But they—it's not a hot chick channel. And you know, it's all shot with my fucking digital pocket <laughs> camera. So you know, there's the occasional short film, the occasional higher budget or. Not higher budget, but sort of higher production value thing. But like, other than that, it's just like, I make these things called month videos, which are just me with my friends dancing around set to music that are just literally for me and my friends. I saw it last night, dude. You uh, saw one of them. Yeah, Did yeah. you see the one of 2011? No, no, of no. the whole year? That's the best one. All right, that makes it, it look like I have the coolest life ever. Edited down into how many minutes? Edited down into the musical track of the commercial for, uh, for Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Nice. To Immigrant Song. Very nice. Come from the land of life. Trent Reznor, Immigrant Song. Um, so Brad taught me, Brad taught me how to do Immigrant Song. He taught me all the lyrics. Yeah. Uh, you guys are cute. Friend. Yeah, no, he's Aww. my best <laughs> um, Follow Brad Gage on Twitter, at Brad Gage. At Brad Gage. And Brad, you got a comedy group too, right, dude? Uh, yeah. Do some plugs, man. You're a funny guy. Totally. Uh, Family Sandwich is the name of the group. Uh, we're on, oh, we're on Funny or Die. Uh, we're on YouTube. We do live shows in LA sometimes and, uh, a lot of girls in the group. That's the big thing. <laughs> Which is rare. That was the clincher. He's like, forget everything I just said. Hey, there, fellas, there, there might be chance. some ladies there. They're girls. They act stupid. Come, girls. They have vagina parts. Um, just the parts? Just Not parts. a fully constructed vagina. You, got, need, you need to listen to Matt's explanation of the vagina sometime. DIY. It's a DIY vagina? It's nautical. You it, know it's what a, I mean? It's, it's I like to break things up in the port and aft and stuff I was like always, that. I was always shocked. My my continual surprise about the, the vagina is how completely simple it is. Is that like it, it was I – was, I was sort of raised to think of the vagina as this extremely – hard to work out like mythical thing that like you know guys oh the vagina i don't know how to please a woman and then it's like so straightforward everything about it and like i don't get where it got the mythical thing is it just because guys don't want to argue take the this time? i'm the only person here with a vagina and i will say there are not really i'm gonna argue that out. too because I, but, but vaginas but vaginas are so radically different from girl to girl and the reactions yeah. you get are so radically different from relation from chemistry to chemistry that like Generally, nine times out of ten, slow into fast with oral sex works, and it's not. It's not like yeah, because it's a, it's it's a body part. Like everyone has the yeah, same fucking but, thing. But, yeah, yeah, I get it. The 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 the, the weird uh, mystery put around the entire. I don't concept. get. I don't get the mystique. It, the, do you know what's creepy to me? Do you know what the the creepy vagina thing me. is? The oh, the creepiest vagina thing to me is that it can like turn off somehow. Is that it can because like. Because, like, I've been with girls who it's, like, they just don't respond to stuff. And it's, like, wow, that's so crazy. But then I think, yeah, I can actually do that, too, with my pee-pee. Yeah. Like, I, don't need, I don't need to be making sounds. I can have a coherent conversation while getting a blowjob and not worry about it. So it's, like, maybe vaginas are just like that and I should stop I can fucking podcast during a blowjob. Yeah. Who said I'm not is that, right is that now? What you're, is that why this is happening? Yeah, you totally. might have noticed that Brad hasn't spoken for a little while. <laughs> I let him do his plugs and then I make him go back to work. You, you let him earn, do his plugs earn, and then you let him do your plug. You gotta earn those fucking plugs, man. Um, speaking of earning shit, how the fuck... Uh, so you sold, uh, you did the Master of Horrors, a couple other things in there, the right? first The first thing that went was Good Time Gang because it's a really funny script. And then uh, I, I ran into my... my 
acquaintance from high school, Josh Trank, in a backyard. And Josh had the we're all we're all film his cinema history has started. He he uh Josh was an editor and he directed some second unit. He directed a little bit of a web series. He had a great viral video that called Stabbing at Leia's twenty third, which is really funny. <laughs> and uh and very short and to the point. And uh Josh had this idea to do these viral videos of kids using superpowers and then gradually shit goes wrong and one of the kids sort of turns evil and i was like well i think there's a movie like if if you make it i sort of josh had just brilliant ideas of ways to shoot certain scenes of flight and of stuff that just i was like found footage flight like as i was like i think this is a movie so i sort of came up with the central tragedy and the characters of andrew and steve and matt and sort of who they were and sort of came up with everything that happens in the movie except for at the end of it I was like, so Josh, at the, Josh's thing was like sort of at the end, like they go off and maybe they're going to become superhero, supervillain. I was like, no, end of the movie. It's fucking X-Men. We destroy a city. Originally it was Portland. I was like, the kids goes out of control and it becomes a fucking mess. And there are cars and buses being thrown through the air. Well, that was, and jump in. One of the, my things I dug most about the flick, uh, was I, I saw the trailers. I, I really, I was interested. I wasn't overwhelmingly like I have to see that opening day. I went to go see the movie. I was loving it. And the fucking scope opens up out of nowhere, and you're yeah. like, "Holy shit! This isn't a movie about high school kids." They're not. They're not in the backyard anymore. Floating baseballs and shit. <laughs> it, it turns into Akira, which is all it, I want in any movie. It doesn't turn into Akira. That's a gross misrepresentation. Excuse me. I'm sorry. It turns into Carrie. Okay. It's Carrie. Chronicle is literally Carrie. Maybe I shouldn't have told everyone that just now, but like. Go watch Carrie, then watch Chronicle again. You'll be like, oh, Max is a hack. I mean, Stephen <laughs> King is just absolutely brilliant. Akira is something – I make jokes in the script about Akira, like hardcore. I make fun of Akira because I love Akira and I am poking it in fun. You know, Andrew in the hospital gown. Totally. Uh, and the, the Andrew! Uh, exactly. Dude, like, in oh. that moment, I was like, "There's someone has to fucking know about Akira for this to be happening. Right yeah, now. no, it was, it was, it's me and Josh having a lot of That's fun. awesome. But it's, to compare, the two of them are so wildly different that all of the sort of weird, Chronicles, the American Akira, it's like, Chronicle isn't a science fiction movie. It's a teen drama. No, that, and that's what I loved most about it was, and, and we're getting into spoiler territory here, but I'm sure most of you cats have seen the movie. If not, fucking Paul, go see it right now. Paul's Pause gonna this. see it and come back. Yeah, yeah. Obviously. Don't be one of those people I meet who hasn't seen it. Yeah, they suck, right? Um, it's the scene where. Don't the, be a Misty. <laughs> don't be a Misty. It's like that highlight for kids thing. Don't do what Misty do or something. <laughs> don't do what Misty do. Don't do what Misty do. Don't do what Misty do, kids. Um, it's that scene, uh, at the party when he finally gets to hook up with a chick. He's feeling super cool. And oh, then, yeah. and then it don't work out. And that's what drives him to be a supervillain. Every dude who's ever. He's not a super. That's so. Why does everyone say he's a supervillain? He, if he's you, an if apex you were, predator. He's, he is the apex predator. But if you were in. If you were in his spot and you had no emotional support and your best friend died while trying to help you and then your other best friend just vanished into a relationship with a cute blonde and every time you saw him, he was just confrontational and never tried to really be supportive and never went out of limb for you. Your mother's dying. You don't have any money. You're being beat up by your father. You know, like, honestly, Andrew makes, in my estimation, one unforgivable decision in the entire movie. Which one is that? Hitting Matt with a bus. It's the, the apex prior decision, but even that. Even killing, uh, Steve or whatever? He didn't kill Steve. Oh, you're one of, you're one of the weird fandom people who think that Andrew can cause lightning? Wait a minute. How do so you think telekinesis works? How the fuck did Steve die then? Steve got hit by lightning. You shouldn't fly into lightning-filled <laughs> clouds. I totally, dude, I totally thought that Andrew fucking killed Steve no, with lightning what? somehow. Yeah. No, what? All right, I gotta go Why would Andrew again. kill Steve? Andrew loves Steve. I, that was a <laughs> super villain fucking I, no, 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 thing, there's, man. There are some people, there are people out there who think that Andrew, like, caused lightning. Do you like that other people are taking different reads on the movie? I though? love that other people are taking different reads on the movie. I love it. I love all the theories about Mogo in the cave. I love all the theories <laughs> about uh, about uh, the different ways their powers work and why one of them's stronger than another. And, ooh, maybe Steve isn't dead. Maybe Andrew isn't dead. It's well, like you love it because you fucking know the answers, dude. I, I it's know kind all of the un- answers, it's but kind of no, unfair. No, no, no. But do I know the answers? I know my answers. Who knows what the studio will make me do to – to different things you know i don't know how these movies will end up i know the answers i know from my heart i know the answers of of how and why 
I wrote it the way I did, but ultimately, once you do a piece of art, um, once let's you, go, let's go there. Yeah, man. we'll go there. Once you do a piece of art and you put it out to the public audience, it's just that your mind isn't behind it anymore. It's its own thing. Chronicle, a hundred percent, is really in terms of the creative vision of it. In terms of what happens in the movie, it's like eighty percent me. But in terms of the creative vision of the movie. It's just like maybe 30% me, 70% Josh. Just the way things look and the, the, the visuals are incredible. I mean, for the budget, for what they were, uh, the first fucking telekinesis effect blew me away. And that, you know what I mean? And if it didn't work, it really would have hurt that. No, no, Josh is, Josh is brilliant. And what's funny is that like, but at the end of the day, it isn't our movie anymore. It isn't even Fox's movie. It's the movie of whoever's watching it. It's your experience with well, the that's art. that whole concept of ownership of art. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, and, it's, and the whole George Lucas fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. Don't talk to me about that. Hey, no, Star Wars, he, no, that's different. <laughs> that's actually different. Star Wars is a, Star Wars was a piece of entertainment that became a marketing ploy. That's different. Yeah, totally. It's a fucking corporation. That, that to me is very different. So from you think he is allowed to go back and retool and shouldn't? I think he's allowed to. I think that the fact that he does so cravenly is to to be political bizarre. I think I think the choices Lucas has made with Star Wars are extremely strange. At certain points, it almost seems like he's doing it to piss people off. He's definitely not. Um, <laughs> he's definitely not. Did you see the trailer for the 3D re-release when they were like, all oh, your old friends are back. Anakin, R2-D2, even Jar Jar, and it showed Jar Jar and he was like, Rrr! they're making fun of their own fucking movie to I sell the movie. Him. That's uh, the most shilling, like, our movie kind of sucks. You know it. We what, know what, it. What, do you, what else What else can you say about the prequels that haven't already been said by, totally. Pl- by Plinkett? I mean, Plinkett said everything. Is that the, uh, th- the, the reviews, the, 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 uh, the epic reviews on red letter media? Two hour. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you, I've watched all of them and that, that he's a deconstructionist genius. I mean, like if, if I could, I never will be able to, but if I could even achieve half of the theory ideas that he has in that, in, in something I'd make. And I hate to plug my own fucking shit, but I was in that, uh, that doc, the people versus George Lucas. I'm really kind of happy with how it turned out yeah. in, in terms of giving a full discussion on the entire debate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like, I, I, th- I haven't seen it yet. Most people assume I think it's a hate thing, but it's really uh, it, it's like a courtroom fucking discussion about all the points about it's a concept of ownership thing. It's that it's that does he owe anyone anything, and you know what I mean? He doesn't owe anyone anything, but that's not why I think his decisions are bizarre. I think his decisions are bizarre because of a apparent misunderstanding of what would have taken those movies. They were already hugely successful, but taking them and put him in a spot where he could be George Lucas in a bigger way than he is right now and put him in a better spot in a James Cameron spot. He's never made cuz 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 they could have put him in a spot where if he wanted to make Red Tails, boom, it's done at Fox. It wouldn't have taken 20 years and no one would <laughs> Yeah, it's I mean like if he if he could have gotten into that Jim Cameron Steve Spielberg isn't even really there anymore, but that Jim Cameron, not really JJ, Jim Cameron, he's the only one living yeah, at that yeah. level. That spot of like, I want to do this. And I want to do go, whatever I want and they let you. Here's every piece of money that we could find. And we'll create the technology for you to we'll do this. We'll make something yeah. up. And like, I think George Lucas could have found himself there and just by episode one, I think he made sure that that wouldn't happen. I and agree. I, it's, it's so interesting to me. It's that dark side of success, or you like you could become a George Lucas, God forbid. Man. I don't. I don't yeah. think I could because I don't think I. I think my I I'm so not committed to any one of my ideas. They're all my babies, but like Star Wars is George Lucas. I mean, th honestly, thx thx is his best movie. But uh, Howard the Duck. She has sex with that duck. I'm gonna go out. She did. She has sex with that fucking duck. You were talking about? No, I didn't. No, no, not her. Oh. Beverly, fucking whoever the lady. Oh, yeah, from Carolina oh dude, yeah. I totally thought you were saying Misty had sex yeah, with no, a duck. Yeah, no, I did not have sex with a duck. It was a dude dressed as a duck, so it didn't really count. But. Yeah. Dude, was, shut up. Did, did you, though? In that no. fucking drive-in, man. We already had that discussion. Oh, God. Did you have sex with a duck? Is this make fun of Misty? At the Pulp Fiction drive-in or whatever she went to. The Pulp Fiction drive-in? Uh, whatever. In Glorious Bastards. Whatever. Yeah. Um, Chronicle, dude, how did it go? How, so from from your buddy saying, "I want to do these, I want to do these shorts." I, I said, "I said, give me two weeks. I'll write a script. I I know what I want it to be." We had a phone call where I sort of I ran down 
you know, he was, he, he originally, Steve was going to get hit by an airplane and, and at, very early in the film. And I was like, no, we have to play it like Steve is one of the leads. It's going to go and go and go. And then when he dies, everything's going to go wildly out of control. And, uh, and we, Steve does almost, I, I still kept that in as sort of a nod. The airplane fucking, when he almost yeah, gets yeah. hit by an airplane. But, uh, but. It, it, I went and wrote it and then we took it out. And at this point, I was much more established than Josh, um, as a writer. Just because you sold a bunch of, yeah, I mean, I'd, yeah. I'd sold, I'd, I'd optioned one thing, but I was respected and people knew who I was and they liked my work and I had a lot of fans at different companies. And, uh, and I'd, and I'd written for this thing for Cartoon Network and like, anyway, so, uh, when I went out with it, I refused to go out with it unless Josh was guaranteed attached as the director. This editor was, and I was like, yeah, here it is. Yes. This editor guy who has directed some second unit is definitely going to do it. But then Josh, you know, came into these meetings with me and, you know, if you're in a room with Josh, you can tell he's a director immediately. And, and it worked. Good and shit, then man. we went and made it. Awesome. And, and, and happy with how it turned out. Obviously, yes. Right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Very much so. Happy with the response. I'm sure like overjoyed at the response confused the the fact that script is really good i'm really proud of it the fact that i get name dropped in reviews is insane they don't mention screenwriters in reviews. no and that's a, it's one and, of those debut like new screenwriter new director kind obviously not new it's, but it's, it's very cool for me man new kind of movie fucking something we haven't seen before dude yeah yeah it, well yeah that's the other thing is that chronicle is a found footage that literally doesn't exist up until this point. It's a found footage movie that takes place over a course of months. And I also with complete character arcs where the protagonist is behind the camera for most of his scenes. And I also honestly I, f- I forgot at a certain point that it was found footage I just watched the movie. You know what I mean? It's not gimmicky. At it's the end there, device-y. I think Josh for a couple seconds there at the end, I think Josh forgot it was found footage too. Yeah. But I mean, uh, op- I, it's, mm, it's not gonna do that. A couple of close ups. Yeah. But, but <laughs> I, I just I think it's brilliant. And Good I shit, think Josh dude. is brilliant and I just I'm so excited. Good shit, man. Anything else uh you got coming up in the pipeline that you want to talk about? Tell no, some people. No, I mean like the thing is is that I like I don't, you know, there's this game of you don't talk about your projects till they're greenlit because like I could be sitting here talking about all the nine things I have in the work and, and works and then five years from now, none of them have gone anywhere. Totally. So, uh, it's funny, but like I, I'm, I'm in a much better, I'm in a very good position right now. I'm a producer now. There's a project I'm attached to direct. I mean, like there's cool stuff going on all around and I'm probably going to make another one of those stupid me talk about comics. Videos. And to think, dude, it never would happen unless they shipped you away to some weird fucking boarding school. It's true. <laughs> I would I would probably be in jail right now. So you, America, if you're listening, the lesson from this episode is fucking sh- send your children away right send now. Send them to institutionalize your children. Movies. Yeah. And lock them in their in, in the rubber writing room in, in Hogwarkum. 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 I love it. The you learning guys are clinic. Like such troublemakers, and I was like busy being a dork the whole time, like for real, in a negative way in Latin club. And I'm like, you guys are like, Wait, I mean, that's just, that's just pointless because who you're going to talk to? Why? Why? When? Dead, did, dead when language. did you get into porn? Three years ago. No, but like you, you, the description of you as a person Very up weird until that I did porn. Up until that point, it strikes me confusing. I just wanted to try things, and I was in a small town, and there was nowhere I really wanted to do practice said activities with. I was the same way, but my, way I, I was, my I was the same way, but mine was directly dr- fucking pointed at acid and mushrooms in any way I could not remember that I was me. You were having sex with people, which is not not then, thing. not when you were like doing that stuff. I oh, was okay. like fifteen, sixteen. I was in the Latin club. You were listening to orgy. I was listening to Orgy. <laughs> we all love Dreaming Orgy. about, like, when somebody's like, what's, that's a weird band name. I'm like, what's that activity? And then as soon as somebody comes, like, I want to do that. <laughs> this sounds great. <laughs> that's how most, that's how most porn stars start. They, they heard that Blue Monday cover and they were like, Whoa, what? It's funny. I've been thinking about getting into porn. Really? No. No. But <laughs> it's been funny. I've been thinking about you getting into porn. That's the really, is that what you, is that what you keep looking at me like that? Totally, man. There's a lot of eye contact There's going weird on. Shit. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I, I kind of like it. Max, where can, where <laughs> what can happens this, in Vegas stays on this podcast? Where can the fine folks find you on the internet if they want um, to track you down? If, dude? if you, if you are so inclined, uh, and I don't know if you will be, uh, you can follow me on Twitter. My Twitter is literally my inner monologue. It is, I mean, like, uh, before Twitter, I would just shout things <laughs> in crowds. And only 144 characters, though. No, and what? I said I didn't notice that last night walking through the There was some shouting Yeah, last that was night. so much fun. Yeah. 
No, that was <laughs> that was good. But no, that lady uh, shushed you, man. I got so, that. That lady's a fucking bitch, and I hope she dies. But no, I. Uh, good news, she she's dead, dude. She's Car dead? accident this morning. She's dead. You Car fucking, accident. It's like the movie Sphere. If you think of it, it if will I manifest. make it the giant squid, yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw a squid. <laughs> <laughs> fucking weird ass movie. But no, uh, you can follow me at up to my knees on Twitter, and also I'm up to my knees on YouTube. If you want to watch. Just video, random moments in my life and slowly learn to hate me. Good shit, brother, man. Hey, dude, I appreciate you coming down and chatting, sir. This was great. Thank you for, uh, no, for taking me out to Vegas, man. No worries. It's, yeah. it's been a good time. Hey, listen, future filmmakers of America, make a fucking movie I like. I'll bring you to Vegas. That's how this shit works. Hey, future yeah. filmmakers of America, if you're going to start a script, know the ending. Don't just start writing. Know the ending. I have about 50 30-page scripts before I realized that. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Misty, where can we find you on the internet? Yeah, Misty Down on Twitter. Oh, yeah? And yeah. Uh, what about all your YouTube and... Uh, well, just go to the Nerdy Ginger and you find links to all my stuff. Good the shit. Nerdy Ginger? The Nerdy yeah. Ginger. And me and you were doing uh, Matt and Misty Have No Friends yeah. on your channel. Uh, Matt and Misty Have No Friends. It's true. We do game commentary. It's true. And then, uh, folks, if you're in the L.A. area, uh, March 6th, Tuesday, 8 p.m., Nerd Melt, uh, Chris Hardwick's Nerdist Theater over mm -hmm. at Meltdown Comics on Sunset, bagged and boarded live, yo, with... Myself, Misty. I'm the house elf, remember? She's, she's, I mean, Dobby slash Dobby. creature. Uh, some other friends and a special surprise mod network guest. Tickets available now at nerdmelt.com. Come check us out. Can I, can I pimp my friend for? Go for it, dude. Uh, my friend Whitney Moore, uh, is the star of Birdemic. Birdemic, yeah, absolutely. Birdemic and the upcoming Birdemic 2. She's a dear friend of mine and she, uh, you can, f I really enjoy her Twitter. I and like so, Twitter. I follow Whitney. Fo yeah. Follow her on Twitter at tweetneymore. <laughs> and it, I just think she's really funny. Good shit, man. Um, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cameltoad, CameltoadProductions.com, YouTube, Cameltoad Productions. You can find me standing right behind you. Honestly, look over your shoulder right now. What? I'm Matt Cohen. It's been begged and boarded. It's been real. What? Begged and boarded. Jesse, watch lots of movies, get mad ladies, smoke mad doobies, bet the board it's a way in life, tell your friends, tell your moms, tell your hoe, tell your wife, coming at you on a weekly basis, kicking up pod for your sexy faces, who's the two free kicks you want to bone, in the secret podcast bunker all alone, on the internet we be the top crooks, we got issues and we owe me funny books, homie Jimmy Moore and the dinos are chilling, me and JR, we got the top billing, sit down, relax, and yo, and take a seat, get ready for the top podcast, you all agree, others spit loud, but I can spit faster, I'm Matt Cohen, I'm the Jew master. You got everything you could possibly want in it. An hour of bus and a Brento minute. I'm a little laid back and he's making the maniacal. Could we just talk shit? Who said the show was viable? Walking in the door, smoking that Jimmy Moore. The listening from Alabama, all the way to Singapore. We're just two weeks and that's the topic of discussion. Headings of the slopes on the green on nothing. Quick stop and I to the storming like a typhoon. It's not right, it's wrong. It's taking lots of bones. We're teaching every show, everyone celebrates. Cause we got comics, movies, and a little bit of trace. I regret every episode as soon as it's recorded. Cause I'm down to earth and that is out of orbit. We're not yeah. Find more funny shit like this at smodcast.com.